What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson, and you're listening to, or watching as the case may be, Christianity Now. This is the podcast where we talk about contemporary issues through the timeless perspective of God's Word. And we've already done this once this morning. Uh, we had our little intro. Aaron said I did such a good job on it, but nobody besides him and the good Lord and myself will ever know because I did the little video cue. I did the I did everything, but I never pressed the go live button. So here we are, and I hope you enjoy the show. We've got a, a disturbing show for you today. Uh, some disturbing videos, but one I think is pretty cool, and an update on TikTok. Good, bad, or indifferent, TikTok now allows much longer video content. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I do know that that was quite surprising. Uh, that is a new feature of TikTok. So the first video that we're going to watch is a little bit longer form, but it's very interesting. The last two videos that I have for us, those very disturbing, and it's uh, it's something we've talked about before, but I want to keep this always on the forefront of our minds because Christians do not need to stand idly by and let these perverts take over our school systems, our governments, and our 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 positions of of secular leadership and uh that's that's all that's part of the show that's one reason why we do this show is so christians who watch our show will know what's going on and will have an understanding of the times and that's a good segue into the verse that we use that that kind of sparked this whole endeavor aaron won't you take that away absolutely of the sons of issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. First Chronicles 1232. And we've mentioned the international standard version recently that reads, they kept up to date in their understanding of the times and knew what Israel should do. And that's the idea behind why we started this show. That's it. All right. So last week, um, we actually, I got some good feedback on the show I, and we got some Aaron and I together and I myself, um, folks, I think are hungry for being equipped to be able to quote unquote argue. And it's not that folks just want to argue. They want to be logical and they, they want to use logically arranged and valid arguments, not based on fallacies or anything like that. Absolutely. And, um, we talked about that last week, the necessity yes. of it. Well, the video that we're going to watch first, Aaron, kind of really would be better placed in last week's show. But this one was so good, I thought I would include it in this show. And we can just talk a little bit, excuse me, a little bit about it. Um, And it's it touches, you know, we talk a lot about versions of the Bible, and it touches on a translational, um, let me pull up my e-sword here. It touches on a translational um, choice of of word in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, I believe. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call and, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which, of course, we know Emmanuel being interpreted as God with us. Um. The revised version says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin. I'm trying to think of the modern translation. Let's see. The English Standard Version says a virgin. Well, there is a, is it the new revised standard, new American standard 
What, Seems what, like what it says was young woman. Seems like it was the RSV that did that. Yeah, Young's literal translation says virgin. So by far, the revised, the revised standard far, version, I think, was the one. Okay, Apostolic Bible Polyglot says virgin. So by far, the bulk of the translations say virgin. And let me tell you what I hear a lot, Aaron. Uh, so it's the new revised. Okay, Jonathan's got us. Incidentally, Scott Cook says, hey, I got a notification. That's awesome. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, and I tell you what Tim Poole always says, be the notification. Just understand that around 12 a.m. Atlantic, 11 Eastern, 10 Central, <clears throat> we go live. And set a reminder on your phone, share this with your friends. Uh, in fact, there's 11 of you in here now. If every one of you shared this with his friends, it would really help us. Uh, but here's the argument, Aaron, and tell me whether or not you've heard this especially from people who have an over-attachment to my beloved KJV. Well, the reason this new revised standard is, is bad is because they deny the virgin birth of Christ, because in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, they translate Alma, a young woman, instead of virgin. And I cannot tell you the amount of validation that I felt when I watched this video. I did not watch all of it, and there, there's, in fact, there's the there's two videos I had, but they're so long, and uh, I didn't watch all of the videos today because I want to. I, I kind of want to experience them with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if I if I watch the first few minutes of one or, or the first few seconds of one, I think it's going to be cool. I'll 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 slate it for the show. So just that's cool. understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's another thing. Understand if a. Uh, a bad word or something like that gets slipped in. I'm not trying to give a platform to people who use foul language. Yeah. That's the way the world talks, and you're going to have to hear it. And if you want an understanding of the times, you're going to have to listen to that through the lexicon of the world. That means you're going to hear some foul language. You're I'm not have to going hear to it. go out of my, exactly. I'm not At least some. Way. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to go out of my way to uh, find people that have very foul mouths. Yeah. But me either. Yeah, if there if there's one that gets slipped in, you're just understand you're gonna listen you're gonna hear it and, and you're not gonna go to hell and we're not trying to be offensive. All right. Let's get the video. Uh yeah, Jonathan, the new revised standard version. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and she shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. I was so validated when I heard this scholar explain the use of the word young woman. And define it with, and commensurate with the research I have done. He drew a different conclusion. So that's dogma. But the data is sound. And I'll, 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 after we watch the video or, or get to it, I'll, I'll explain that a little bit more. All right. Are you ready, Aaron? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, can we talk? All right. First off, oh no. So, TikTok does these things called stitch, and you can stitch a video together. So that's what this guy does. First off, if you get your, not, not, not that there's anything inherently wrong with blonde women, but if you get your Bible knowledge from a blonde woman in her bra, lighted like that, you, you, might, you might think about the source from which you get your Bible knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And she speaks with such authority. 
And if you didn't have a base knowledge, you would believe this. Because she sounds good. All right, you ready, Aaron? Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about virgins real quick. All right, let's uh, hear it. Fun. All right, so that, that guy, all right, let's hear it. That's him replying to her video, and that's yeah. what it's called. It's stitched together. And this dude, I've, I've told you about him before. He's got a couple of PhDs, three or four masters, every one of them in linguistics in relation to translation of ancient texts, specifically uh, specializing in uh, religious texts. Like, this guy is no joke. Yeah. This guy's a scholar. This guy is a bona fide scholar. In fact, the Hebrew word for virgin is Bethula, and it cannot be found anywhere in the original Hebrew text of the Bible. So there are 50 occurrences of the word Bethulah in the Hebrew Bible, with the highest concentrations coming in the books of Jeremiah, Lamentations, and Isaiah. Well, there goes that. <laughs> <laughs> she missed right it off the bat. <laughs> she missed it. <laughs> she missed it. All right. Now, the original Hebrew text, the word Ha is used to describe Mary, Jesus's mother. There is no part of the Hebrew Bible that describes Mary, Jesus's mother. Well, <laughs> there goes that. Now she, she, all of a sudden, she, she's batting zero. Why would you listen any farther? Zero balls and two strikes. That's it. <laughs> Already. That's it. All right. You ready? Yeah. The English translation of that word is young or made. So a lot of older lexicons will gloss Alma as a young man. The word gloss here is used um, as, a, as a verb, uh, not to gloss over something as in uh, look over something or not gloss like a high gloss finish. But it's actually a verb that relates to lexicons and dictionaries and how they will uh, give a definition of a usage of a term. So they'll like put a note or a definition. Yeah, it's, it's give a usage yeah. of a term, yeah. Made, but dividing it up into two different glosses, the adjective young and the noun made, seems to me to be a misunderstanding on the part of this creator. But uh, fundamentally, Alma refers to a girl of marriageable age or a young woman up to the point of her first child, at which point she becomes a mother. So well, in the prototypical usage, the referent was usually a virgin. The word itself is not marked for that status. All right. That's a really fancy way of saying in the time in which the writing was written, an understanding of the word ha-alma or alama, although in modernity, could be, in modern times, could be translated young maid or young woman, it carried with it the implication that the standard, the ideal of a young woman of marriageable age is she is a virgin, which conclusively would mean that that would be a virgin. That's what we would call a virgin. Because whenever God uses the word, he's going to use the standard, the 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 benchmark. You know, it's um it would be and incidentally, whenever a woman has a child. The, the the nomenclature changes 
And we see this in a lot of other areas, including the animal world. Like, for instance, um, a heifer. All right. A heifer is a cow, a female bovine that has never calved. In other words, she's never had a baby. You can purchase what is called bred heifers. So we're not necessarily talking about virgin cows. We're talking about cows who have just never given birth. So you can purchase bred heifers, and that is heifers that are pregnant with their first calf. This is not hard. And the only reason why you would interpret this as young woman and 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 see that as a denial of the divinity of Christ or the virgin birth is because you're trying to deny something. You have an agenda. And I had researched this years ago, and the what he just said about the, the usage of this term is what I concluded. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I felt vindicated. I felt validated. And that's the way I explained the, the New Revised Standard, Isaiah 714, use of young woman. And I do defend the King James and all the others that translated virgin is because the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The young woman is with child and shall bear a son, which is actually that that rendering is better than a lot of these other translations, except for the fact of young woman. If a young woman is with child and shall bear a son, that's not a sign. That's not a that's not a miracle. That happens all the time. The only way it's a miracle is if it is a young woman of marriageable age who has never known a man. Then it's a sign. So I think here the context allows for the or demands the English word virgin. But the message itself and the usage of the word in the day allows for the word alma young maiden because from the in the paradigm or the standard that they would that they would understand this word to be used young maiden would carry with it the implication the necessary inference of virgin that's all i've got on that what do you think aaron i've i've been looking into that recently certain things i don't really have anything affirmative to say about it i mean i i most certainly believe matthew 1 the holy spirit said it you know, Messiah was born of a virgin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're a, you know, you're a fool if you believe otherwise. Claiming yeah. you believe in the inspiration of the scriptures. I've wondered as to the explanation of Isaiah seven. I've seen some, you know, arguments that that there was more to it of the sign than just something miraculous, like a miraculous birth. That it was like a miraculous foretelling of something that would happen. You know, in Ahaz's time, that kind of thing, right? And 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 I'm not completely, I don't completely throw that away. I think there's some arguments there that could be used that don't diminish at all from the virgin conception and birth of Jesus. But right, but anyhow, that well, it, it that, has well. That's the thing. It would have to be a dual fulfillment, yeah, because. Matthew himself, through inspiration of the Holy Ghost, refers to, like, and all this was done that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, mm-hmm. like, it, it's a reference to Isaiah seven thirteen. 
So you cannot take away the virgin birth of Jesus from Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Now you can pancake it. You can stack well a, a dual fulfillment of sorts. Yeah, but you but that, you know something that would happen in Isaiah's time. But yep. you cannot. And, and I think the dual fulfillment uh, would be. Uh, oh, what's his name? Who, who was he saying that to? Uh, uh, Ahaz. 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 Yeah. Uh, Ahaz needed an heir, did he not? Mm-hmm. And that's very possible that that's that's what that 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 is what that is alluding to. But if you um, keep if you keep reading it, you know, and I know the whole podcast may not be about this, but if you continue uh, and looking at how it would he would be a sign this this son. Curd, you know, curds and honey he shall eat, and he may know to refuse the evil, that he may know to refuse the evil and the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread, you who, Ahaz. Yeah. The alliances that were stacking up against him with Assyria, you know, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. So this is something that part of this would be fulfilled in in his time. It would be assigned to Ahaz. Jesus of Nazareth being born in the first century wouldn't be assigned to Ahaz. But the counter argument that people use that, well, this was a sign to Judah, the nation as a whole. I, that sounds good. I don't completely buy that because I yeah. think it was something that Ahaz, something they needed then. Uh, yeah. I'll just summarize it by saying what I said when, I, when you said, what do you got, Aaron? I've just recently been reading and studying this. So I don't really have anything real strong on it. But I tell you, I have read something. Uh, that one brother wrote, and it's very, it's a summary. It's not very, very, it's not a book. It's it's yeah. like a two or three pages in a book that he wrote mm-hmm. that I think he has some things in there where he does not in any way deny the virgin birth of Jesus. And he explains how this could be understood as being assigned Ahaz in his time, and yet it's still having a fulfillment that is beyond that that probably only the Holy Spirit would know that they would not see or understand at that time. And anyhow, that's yeah. a lot of, a lot of nuance in that, but it was uh, Jack P. Lewis. I'm sure you've heard of his name. I, I don't always agree with Jack Lewis, but he's got two or three things there that he wrote about it. I think they're worth considering. And, yeah. and I think he explains it pretty good. Yeah. I, well, I really, I really do. Uh, yeah. And and that that's, that, that's the fellow here is going to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it, He's going to talk about when Christianity started using Isaiah seven fourteen to really prove the virgin birth, and probably that they shouldn't. Which uh-huh. I don't, I don't agree with that. Right, right. Um, He's going. Well, like you said, I, yeah. You know what? Now that I said that out loud, I do agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we should go to Isaiah seven fourteen to prove the virgin birth. We have Matthew. I'm with you. I'm with you on that because I, I think it, it's kind of like. Well, you know, we're we're going to we're going to preach against homosexuality, and you want to show how uh, much uh, how homosexuality is a sin, and you start in Leviticus. So, so Why if would I you go to Leviticus, so I'm not going to turn this into read Jack Lewis, but if you'll bear with me for a second, yeah, he he mentions certainly Isaiah was not predicting a virgin birth to take place in his own day. Yeah, there was only one virgin birth in history. If a birth took place in Isaiah's day, it must have been an ordinary one to which the significance we have above described was de- was attached. That is, to the time involved. That is, Isaiah was using the birth and development process as a known measure of time. 
And that's just a little bitty snippet. I, I yeah. know. And I, there's a lot around that. But I'm talking about one, two, three, four, five pages of a little book. Yeah. It's a small page. I think, again, I'm not trying to give credence to one man, but I, I think he's got something here that explains it in its context very yeah. well from what I could see. And I'm not going to yeah. read it all on the podcast. Well, and that, and, and that that's my, my problem is uh, I hear my own brethren who are trying to be scholarly explain this away and they deny that Isaiah 714 is even messianic. Yeah. I'm like, you can't deny Isaiah 714 is messianic with the book of yeah. Matthew being inspired. Yeah. yeah. That would yeah, like be that would like de- being deny- denying that Psalm 22 is messianic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would not say that. That's, I think David wrote Psalm 22 yeah. in a time in which he felt forsaken of the Lord. Yeah. But yet Actually, I don't think he wrote it during a time in which I think he wrote it after he was delivered. Yeah. And and in hindsight, he was able to say, but the Lord will not abhor the uh, afflictions of the afflicted yeah. and all that. Uh, well, even and, and, even the name Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. It, it, you know, there were other names, names uh, of the type in which God is said to do something. Samuel. Zedekiah, Joshua, that does not necessarily imply that the possessor of that name is divine, but we know it does with Jesus of Nazareth because the Holy Spirit told Matthew, see what I'm getting at here? But when you just read it in Isaiah's time, they would not have known that. But yes, it's messianic. Yeah. Matthew tells us so. I do not believe this is the only time that um, metalepsis was used and, and metalepsis is basically taking something that's familiar and using it in a different, a little bit different way or referencing it in a way. Um, like for instance, um, if we were, if you and I were, uh, out walking early one morning and, and you found a $10 bill on the, on the sidewalk. And, and if I said, well, the early bird, I, all I have to do is say that, and you know exactly that 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 that, tr- that that translates to you gets the worm an entire meaning that it was profitable for us to be out here. It's profitable for us to be doing this, and and it was a serendipitous discovery uh, with the ten dollar bill, and we and it ha- and it happened because we were out early. Yeah, that's that's metalepsis. Well, Eli Eli Lama Sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That is metalepsis. That's that's Psalm twenty two had an application in the day, and it meant something in the day, but it was repurposed, if you will, in a, in a way to to communicate that even though I'm hanging on the cross and it looks like Satan is one and God has forsaken me, I am not forsaken by God and Satan has not won. I'd love to do a whole podcast on that verse. I preached hard on that in the lectureship here last year in NEA. Yeah. Jesus, you know, God asked questions for our learning and our contemplation. Yes. Just a few hours before Jesus said, one of my favorite verses, John 16, I think it's 32 and 33. He said, each of you will go to your own. But I, but am I am not, not alone, I am not for alone. my Father is with me. So and, either Jesus was mistaken, or he lied, or both, and you know. Well, and that's Aries <laughs> tense, by the way, which means it's continuation, continuation. Yes. But but the point, but the point I'm making is this: this uh, Isaiah seven fourteen 
had an application of the day. Yep. And in the fullness of time, whenever it was time for Jesus to be born of, a, of the seed to come of a woman under the law, the reference was used, hey, this was done that it might be fulfilled that which was said of the prophet, of, of, of God by the prophet. And behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and, that, and she'll call his name Emmanuel. Yep. Yeah, what Matthew is doing is showing that there's fulfillment that the original readers of Isaiah would not have known and understood. Right. Oh, and he shall save his people from their sin. Well, who was it then in Isaiah's day? Like, what was the outcome of this of this child being born, the sign? The sign is you're going to be saved from the Syrian, uh, uh, yep. us Syrians. Yep. That the danger Ahaz feared would have passed. So it's like, so... So the sign to Ahaz in his time was that the time it takes a child to be born and to learn to choose good and evil, the danger that he was afraid of would have passed. Yeah. That, so like him seeing Jesus of Nazareth being born 735 years later would mean nothing to him. That yeah. would not be a sign to him. But again, if you want to call it dual fulfillment or what God knew all along of how this would be completely and ultimately fulfilled, whatever, yeah. however you want to call it. I mean, it's there was something for him. That, but again, I want to be clear. I'm not affirming a virgin birth in his time, in Isaiah's time. I, there's only one person has been born of a virgin. So yeah. I'm thinking that that's part of the reason why the Holy Spirit used the word he used in Isaiah 7, 14. I'd it like was, to hear what, what this guy's saying. Yeah. Well, it allows for both. That, that's what I've, like I said, I've been re- studying this recently, just in the last few months, and that's what I've, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's, yeah, it, it absolutely yeah. allows for both. All right, that's, yeah. let's, let's listen to the the post hole digger. I mean, the PhD holder. Well, the validation you got from him, I just got from you. And yeah, I, that, cool that's, beans. It's like, yeah, that's what I was. That makes sense. Spreading the love, spreading the Amen. love. Amen. Share the love, brother. That's it. All right, you ready? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> So that means the original writers did not intend for that to read virgin, but young girl. So it hasn't been stated, but we're talking about Isaiah 7:14 here, and this is accurate. The uh, text of the Hebrew Bible in no way, shape, or form points to the virginity of this woman who has conceived. I believe that to be true. I believe yeah. if you if you put it there, it, ha- it has to be from context. Yeah, I think and, it does not require that in Isaiah's time. It could no. not, because then when you would have two people born of a virgin, and that's not yeah. the case. I'm Only Messiah. Yep. How did this happen? It was during the translation into Greek when the word parthenos, meaning virgin, was used. So two things to note here. One, parthenos usually referred to virginity, but it did not always and unilaterally refer to virginity. In some contexts, it could be used very similar to the way alma and another word for young woman, na'ra, could be used to just refer to a young unmarried woman who may or may not be of marriageable age. The other thing... All right, I'm going to stop there. My pushback on that with the word parthenos or parthanos, a young unmarried woman of marriageable age, from God's perspective, which he's the one that's using the language, Mm -hmm. would of necessity be virgin, Um, would be one who has not known a female, a a, a male, a man, sorry, a female. I, hey, from what I've female either, but yeah, from what I've seen and, and studied so far, it looks like it was always used that way in the 
New Testament times. The, sure. That was consistent, you know. Well, again, I, I would um, – I'm trying to think of – I'm trying to think of a, of an of an analog in modern times, and I'm, I'm having trouble. Um, well, it, it, okay, so if I know this is going to sound weird for those of you that's listening, bear with me. I'm not comparing women to cattle, but the word heifer or the word filly, the word filly and the word heifer has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not a, a a female horse or a female bovine has had sex. It only has to do with whether or not a female bovine and a female uh, uh, horse, equine, has had a baby. However, if I say that a heifer is going to uh, produce this offspring. From a from a non-miraculous standpoint, you would know then that I'm talking about, that, that we understand then that a heifer is a heifer until she has a, until she births. But if it were miraculous, you would understand then that it, it would be miraculous. You, you see what I'm saying? I, I'm trying to I'm trying to make an illustration here, yeah, and it's 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 something I haven't really really talked through and solidified in my mind. Yeah, hey, it's fun um, doing that though, just talking yeah. it out loud. Yeah, well, the the, the thing <clears throat> the thing about it is, uh, let me let me see if I can get this. So, a we'll say maiden, a maiden refers to a woman of marriageable age who is not married. If I say from a non-miraculous standpoint that, hey, a maiden is going to bear a child, from from a secular standpoint, you're like, oh, well, she's been having sex. All right? With, with Matthew, so the, let's say the word maiden is used in Isaiah 7, 14. Well, in Matthew, we, get, we were given enough context that... When 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 uh, Mary before she came together exactly was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Not only do you have that Parthenos birth, right? Parthenos absolutely can be used in the same way that Ha Alma is used, and the virgin birth be unable to be denied. Yep. So it, I, I, here's the analog. You got to go outside the verse for the analog. Hey. I have bought a herd of cattle, and they are heifers, and they're pregnant. Oh, okay. That's not miraculous. Aaron, I bought a herd of cattle that have never known, a herd of heifers that have never been covered by a bull, and they are going to calve this spring. That's never, miraculous. Yeah. And they've never been the, inseminated or whatever the word is. Right. I've used the same word. <laughs> yeah. I've used the right. same word. But the context dictates whether or not it's a heifer who's never been a virgin or a heifer who's just haven't had their first calf yet. Right. Like, we, we don't, and my point is this, we don't have to draw more conclusion than the evidence gives us 
in order to prove a virgin birth because God in his wisdom gave us all of the context. Yes, absolutely. So in Matthew 1, verse 22, toward the end, 22 and 23, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. But before that, verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child. So there's your first evidence that she's a she's a virgin. She's yep. never had she's never had sexual relations with a man. That's she's it. found with child. Number two, verse nineteen. Oh, Joseph, God. yeah, Justice Joseph being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example. Why? Because otherwise she's considered a harlot. She's had a child out of wedlock. Not wanting to be to putting her away to put her away, make her an example. So that's another evidence that this was a virgin that had a child. But there would be word that would go out that would say, "Oh, this she was not a you know she's she's had sex before her and her and Joseph came together." Yeah. But the text says the Holy Spirit says, "No, no, she was not. She was not. They had not come together. She yeah. had not known a man." So, so there's more than just the word Parthenos is what I'm saying. Yes. And and so from a purely uh, scholastic standpoint, a scholarly standpoint, the word Parthenos could be translated maiden here, young woman even, and it's fine. And that would still be a fulfillment of Isaiah seven fourteen. But the Holy Spirit gives us more context. It's not just a young woman. Yep, she's never been with a man. Yep the miraculous birth. Some good stuff in there. We don't need to shortchange the text, if that's... Yeah, no, no, I think you're right. Shoot shoot it short. God's given plenty of information for us to know for sure. The quote-unquote Church of Christ are just as guilty of using sugar stick verses out of context as the Baptist Church or the Methodist Mm. or the Episcopalian. Well, we don't like to hear that. We sure don't. But what we need to hear is the truth. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Let's keep going. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind. To keep in mind is that this is not the only way the Septuagint's rendering altered the sense of the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, it says that a young woman has conceived and will give birth. So we're in that gestational period there. And the prophecy is really about how this child that is about to be born is going to influence history. True. That, that's why I said, uh, who, who put it in? <clears throat> Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, and she'll bear a son, and she'll name him Emmanuel. Uh, that's, that's a very good rendering of that verse. Now, uh, fast forward five centuries later to the translation of the Septuagint, all these events are deep in the past, and so this doesn't really have much relevance. And so to inject it with some sense of relevance to the folks who were reading it in the 3rd or 2nd century BCE, uh, it was put into the future. And in the Greek, it reads that the Parthenos will conceive and will give birth to a child. So it's changed it in another way as well. Uh, that. I think me and this man have a departure. I, I, what he just give is um, conclusion uh, and not data. Or maybe it was data, but he drew a conclusion from the data. 
Like so he's saying was, that the LXX renders it <clears throat> like it's past tense? Yeah. Hmm. Is what he's saying. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, and I don't it know may. for sure. I'd have to, yeah. No, no, the, the LXX renders it as if it's future tense. Oh, future tense, okay. Yeah, which is fine, still. Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of serious problem there. It's, no, no, he drew a conclusion based on the fact. And I think he drew a wrong conclusion. But, you know, you got to remember who and what he is. He's Tis true. He, 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 he's a full He believes, Mormon. I think. I think he would believe that Jesus and the Satan Satan. were brothers. Yeah. 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 In his book, Orpheus, the Hebrew scholar Solomon Reinach wrote, As early as the 2nd century B.C., the Jews perceived the error and pointed it out to the Greeks. So this struck me as an odd statement, and I had to look up the context in which this occurred. And it, it's from a book from over 100 years ago. Um, but it strikes me as odd for three reasons. One... I don't understand why Jewish people would be pointing this error out to the Greeks as if the Septuagint were translated by non-Jewish Greek people. It was not. The, the Septuagint was translated by Hellenistic Jews in Egypt and Alexandria under the time of Alexander the Great. That's the thing. This woman, she, anyway. She's totally off base. Bad not. It was translated by Greek-speaking Jewish people. So they would have absolutely no reason to go announce an error to people who had absolutely nothing to do with its translation. Um, and that brings up this claim that as early as the second century BCE, Jewish folks were noting this error. I see no evidence anywhere of any such notes coming up in the second century BCE. And that brings up the third issue. Um, I don't think this technically is an error in the context in which it occurred. And this, I'm in agreement with him. I don't think this is technically an error, as we've discussed at, at length here on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. No, 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 go ahead. Okay. All right, I think the erroneous nature of this translation. I think the um, erroneous nature of this translation only really bubbles to the surface after Christianity begins to use it as a proof text for the virgin birth. So I can see this happening in Jewish literature of the 2nd or 3rd or 4th century CE, but I'm aware of no evidence that anyone pointed this out in the 2nd century BCE. Because the Septuagint uses Parthenos to render words like Alma and Naara in other places in the Hebrew Bible. And Parthenos was used in ways similar to Alma and Naara to refer to an unmarried young woman, not necessarily to her virgin status. And so it's not really a wrong or an erroneous translation. It's unclear. It can be a little misleading in certain contexts. But the fact that this is a problem really only bubbled to the surface once Christianity began to deploy it as a proof text for the virgin birth. Aaron, I'm in agreement with him. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm especially and, after the, after talking this through. I don't yeah. think this should be a proof text for the virgin birth. Birth. Yeah, this should be a proof text that a prophecy was fulfilled, and what we have to go to other verses to show that it was virgin. What I wish my brethren would do would be consider more. Would be to consider more typology. Yeah. Pro, pro, prophetic fulfillment in typology, which is just as significant 
It's just yeah. as powerful. It's just as inspired. It's yep. just as prophetic. There, there's, this is not a diminishing of the prophetic powers and abilities of Almighty God. That's it. It's just the way God chose to do it in a creative way. It's yeah. not always a tit-for-tat fulfillment like Nostradamus things. That's more yeah. of a modern idea of prophecy. Yep. I'm with Anyhow. you, all right, let's now, see sometimes, sometimes it is tit for tat, especially yeah. the book of Daniel. But Absolutely. Anyhow, go ahead. All right. But the church knowingly left it in, and for over 15 centuries, she has clung to the error. So I don't think this is an accurate characterization of what was going on within Christianity for at least two reasons. And the first is that for the first few centuries of Christianity... Let me stop. In case you missed it, this woman, this, this woman's reading from this book, in which the the Christian church is accused of knowingly leaving the error in because it bolsters their dogma of a of a, of a virgin birth, which the the quote unquote Christian church, the church and the Christendom as a whole, is not above doing. I just don't think it did it with this. Yeah. The Septuagint was considered a more authoritative, more accurate edition of the Hebrew Bible. In fact, uh, prior to Jerome, most Christians accused Jewish folks of having altered the Hebrew text because they wanted to make it sound less like Christianity, less like the Septuagint. And so the Septuagint took priority over the Hebrew reading. Where they differed, the Septuagint was considered more authoritative. And that embedded the tradition of the virgin birth within Christianity. And it also also established the New Testament as a more authoritative reflection of what was going on in the Hebrew Bible. So by the time that priority shifted from the Septuagint to the Hebrew Bible, the New Testament was even more deeply embedded as the authoritative reflection of those traditions. And so, yes, this is a rationalization. This is a dogma. But to say that they knowingly persisted in the false reading is to attribute something to them and their motivations that just cannot be demonstrated. Which is something we must never do. Uh, we, we must at all cost, like when we deal with, with translations and versions that we see today, when we, when we see with uh, other things, uh, you know, like why certain words were used, when the, the easy thing is to attribute motive to it. And if you, because once you attribute motive to it, you can just write it off. Yep. Well, they had a bad motive. I don't care why they did it. It was bad. Like, if you kill somebody, I don't care why you did it. It's bad. You need to be thrown in jail or executed. Yeah. But if you try to, you know, I, in other words, I don't try to find out why you did. With with something like Isaiah 714, if you assume that the motive is bad, you're not going to look past that and dig deep and, and right. find the and do all the research. You're, you're going to miss data that's actually there yeah that leads you to the proper conclusion yeah. like like the data of the historical context of Isaiah 7 I, I just I'm just not satisfied Tony with brethren in the so-called capital C Church of Christ as we yeah. say sometimes Churcha. yeah Churcha with an a I'm not satisfied with brethren skipping and hopping and jumping over the context of the Old Testament. Yeah. It bothers me. Here's a, some advice I was given that I'd like to give. I challenge anyone that ever watches or hears this uh, to try 
to read the Old Testament on its own merits without jumping to the New Testament all the time. Yes. And then go read the New Testament. And then you'll start to understand how the Holy Spirit wanted the audience of the New Testament books to understand certain things in the old. Yeah. But don't immediately try to understand the old by the new. Try to understand the old on its own merits first. I think that helps safeguard us from taking it out of its context and proof texting. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I do not think, that, however, that you can divorce the two any longer. Mm-mm. Like there, there's some issue about um, the 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 prophecy in Jeremiah about um, the the no no seed of uh, no no one from his seed shall sit on the throne of David in, in Jerusalem and rule any yep. longer. Mm-hmm. All right, that is messianic. That cannot be taken as anything other than messianic. And some of my brethren try to say, well. Because Jeremiah and the people of the day wouldn't have known about a spiritual kingdom coming, that's not what that means. Like, no, that's not, they might not have known. Yeah, but but you cannot deny, and and they they do some twisting and jumping. If in the context it couldn't be anybody else, then it would only be messianic. You know, I don't. Yeah. I have to look at that one. I hadn't. Yeah, really. But I know yeah, the wait, passage what, you're talking about. You know. Yeah. Well, the, the prophecy was fulfilled. No king sat on the throne yeah. in Jerusalem and ruled mm-hmm. anymore. Right. Nobody has done that. None. Right. And, and Jesus must, is of yeah. this seed of Jeconiah. And Messiah doesn't. Jeconiah's curse. Yeah. 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 Jeconiah's yeah. curse. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's see what this woman has. Crazy thing is, I actually learned about this when I was 17 in a Bible interpretation class I took in my Catholic high school. This is why it's so important to do your research before you take it up the butt first. Oh, my. Hmm. Well... Uh, that you can tell. <laughs> you <see him? laughs> that last stage is so important to your research. Uh, uh, he didn't, no comment. I guess we don't have any yeah. comment either. Right. No reason to be that vulgar. No. But she yeah. didn't do any research. Exactly. What like is the old statement about the word uh, for uh, virgin in Hebrew, <laughs> not used anywhere in the in the Hebrew Bible, and. McLaren or McClacken or whatever his name is said, yeah, it's used 50 times with the highest concentration in Jeremiah and Lamentation. But next. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the, the pot calling the kettle black. She didn't do some research. She didn't do any research, and he's done too much research or has drawn too much conclusion based on his research. Yeah. yeah he's he gone a little beyond. Yeah. And probably that going beyond could be his biases, his, his worldview from Mormonism. You know? If you if you think that you don't apply your biases to the research that you do, you're deluded. You're you're delusional. Right. And yeah. when I say you, I mean me. I mean yeah. anybody. Yeah, that's why anybody. we have, like you said, be so careful. That's it. And that's why we that's why we have to. That's why things are peer reviewed. Yeah. If you don't have people around you that you trust that can challenge you on things, that you know, I don't. Yep. That, that's why I think the church is in the shape at the end of the day. It's because we take all of our people who would be Bible scholars and we send them off to seminary and then make them heads over the, uh, over other congregations. And we don't have a concentration of more than one Bible scholar in any given congregation. Yep. And so we have all these arguments over stuff like this between people that are not informed enough to even hold an intelligent opinion or speak about it intelligently. 
Yeah. And no, the fella that, that's been reading his Bible every day for 50 years is not a Bible scholar. Yeah. I cannot I cannot tell you how many times I've heard, well, you know, brother so-and-so really knows his Bible. No, he knows where things are in his Bible. He doesn't really know the Bible. And I know that because of how long I've talked to brother so-and-so and the ignorant things that spew forth out of his mouth. Yeah. Anyway, that's my soapbox. Yep. All right. I, I was, and Hand, I'm done with this. Handling, <laughs> handling, <laughs> handling the word of God aright. That's know, it. Second Timothy two fifteen. You might be able to, you might be able to quote it from Genesis to Revelation and know where everything is, and and be and be like a database of of knowledge. Yep. But but you're not a yep. Bible scholar unless you're able to understand it and articulate it. And you can you can do things, and you can you can parse things out like like we've discussed today. Yeah, when I hear somebody that they know the Bible real well, and then they Matthew eighteen, you know, they're like, well, where two or three are gathered together in my name, and they just take it out of its context. Yep. I just I'm sorry. I just they just yeah. lost credibility in my yep. mind. Yeah. It's so you don't like, really know the Bible. It's not that I don't love them or care for them or I hate them or I'm going to badmouth yeah. them to everybody. It's not that. It's just. When someone who's been reading the Bible for longer than I've been alive misses <laughs> things that are gen- what I consider just Ned and his first reader, you yeah. know, it's like I, I just I'm sorry it it hurt it it kind of brings that, that not their moral character but just their scholarliness their you know anyhow I know but that, that's what people typically mean whenever they say. Oh, hey, you know that that, that brother so and so, that sister so and so, they really know their Bible. No, they know where things are in yep. the Bible. I could go on and on of like real life examples of this. Like, I know All this right. is not something we're making up. <laughs> no, uh, Mary Pryor. Once I answered a question about the Greek god Atlas, and a lady in the congregation said about me, she really knows her Bible. <laughs> of course, she lol. All right, let's go into the next. These next two videos are absolutely terrible. I'm I'm bringing them here for awareness. There's not a whole lot of book, chapter, and verse we're going to discuss about it, but I'm going to read this. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall be turned away, and they shall turn away their ears from sound doctrine, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. We must be watchful in all things. Why? Because of people that are after our children. Just watch. Yep. Hello. So I'm a trans mask person who is gender fluid. So sometimes I look like this. And I'm also a science teacher this summer. And I would like to just talk briefly about some of the gender-related experiences and thoughts I've been having. So no matter what I look like, whether I'm long hair, short hair, it doesn't matter. The classes I'm teaching, ages 5 to 11. 5 to 11. The classes he is teaching, that's a dude, that's a man. Kids, which is a broad range, are actively discussing what I am. They're actively discussing what he is. And that's how they frame it, too. Like, what are you? And eventually, one of them will ask me on behalf of the class, are you a man or a girl? Because they're confused. 
because children have an, in, uh, an inherent understanding of the binary nature of the world of yep. gender and sex. Exactly. And I usually just give them the closest binary answer that computes based on what I look like that day. But they say things like, okay, well, you have a nose ring and only girls have nose rings, but you sound like a man, but you look like a girl, but, 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 but. There was a day. And this is why the transgender movement is so detrimental to our society. There was a day whenever your little girl could put on overalls and run barefooted with the boys, and she's still a little girl. She's not, yep. it's not forced upon her an identity crisis. Right. Just because she acts like a boy doesn't mean she's a boy. Just right. because you're a little bit effeminate as a man doesn't mean you're not a man. That's right. That, that, that we, we tried hard to, to impress upon our young people this 30 years ago. Yep. This is what we're dealing with now. Here, yeah, here's where we are. This week, while I've had long hair, it was, okay, well, you have long hair, so you must be a girl. But also, you have hairy arms, so that doesn't make any sense. They also get really confused on how to refer to me because they usually default to she if I have long hair and he if I have short hair. But a lot of them just call me this, that, or they just call me Logan or teacher. It's not their comments that make me feel weird. All right. So it's not their comments that make me feel weird. They're about now. Remember, they, quote unquote, are not after your children. They're not trying to groom your children. You're just paranoid. Um, yep. Even though some of them don't make any sense. It's the fact that I am afraid to jump in and just explain because I know that these kids are brilliant and they are so open-minded and they're so curious and imaginative. And if I just explained my personal gender fluidity to them and they kind of understood that gender is something that can change and you can look however makes you feel good and there's no set criteria for being a man or a woman or whatever you want to be, I just, I know that they would understand, but I'm a. So I, I know that I could indoctrinate them. There's just one thing holding me back. Afraid that a parent won't like that. And then my boss won't like that. And then I no longer have a job. Oh, poor. Right now, queer, especially trans teachers are under fire for being groomers, pedophiles, etc. When in reality, it's the kids who are bringing these concepts to the classroom because they are the ones who are curious. And something about how I look sparks a question in them that probably was sitting under the surface. That's akin to me hitting you in the mouth and then blaming you for hurting my hand. Yep. yep. Like I'm going to dress in a non-typical way. Right. And, and they're just curious. Non-typical way. And say, well, it's not me that's indoctrinating the children. <laughs> that would be the same thing as a 25-year-old young teacher, female teacher, dressing like a stripper and saying, this is just me. These these young boys in class are just sexually curious. I don't right. know why I couldn't have sex with them and teach them. Right. It's not me that's instigating it. It's, it's them. them. They're just curious. It's their fault. No, that, that's they're not after our children. But I'm being persecuted because I can't do that in front of all of them. I'm afraid their parents might complain to the school board and I'll get fired. That's it. We're not grooming your children, but we want to groom your children, and, and, and we're afraid that we'll get fired if we groom your children. But we're not grooming your children, and you're paranoid and a conspiracy theorist and a bigot for thinking we are. Mm -mm -mm -mm. 
Go go vote Democrat some more. Because this is what you get when you vote Democrat. Exactly. And, anyway. and they're promising you that that's what you'll get. Yeah. Okay. And would actually expand their worldview quite a bit. Being able to explain that girls sometimes can have hairy arms, including cis girls, is beneficial for everyone. Girls can have short hair. Boys can have long hair. You don't have to be trans to not check all the boxes. And if you're in Arkansas, vote out Asa Hutchins. <laughs> yeah. Because even though he's a Republican, he's a Democrat. I think that's so important. And I just, man, I, this is just my summer job. Definitely my future after college, working with kids. But if you are a queer teacher, trans teacher, gender fluid teacher, gender nonconforming teacher, I applaud you. I am so... I have so much respect for you because this shit is just hard. Well, there's another cuss word. Yeah. So much respect for, oh my. Yeah, so much respect. You're a pioneer. Oh. They're not after your children, though. Right. Like they're, they're not trying to groom your children. They're not trying to make them sexually divergent. But if you don't allow them to try to make your children sexually divergent, then you're a bad person and you're a bigot. And if you <laughs> And if we get fired for doing it, then you're a bad person and a bigot. Right. We're not oh. doing the thing that you accuse us of doing, but when we do the thing that you accuse us Jesus. of doing and we get negative consequences, you're a bigot. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, here's yep. the next one. Y'all, Louisiana just introduced the worst don't say gay or trans bill ever. Wait until you hear it. This is House Bill 837. I really hope this is true. I have not done any research. But this this house bill H I can't remember anyway. But let's just keep going. And it was just introduced today. And what this bill does, it's it's really simple. It's only like four lines worth of actual law. It says that any teacher, employee, or presenter, so anybody that gets in front of the class or presents to the class, cannot discuss sexual orientation or gender identity all the way until eighth grade. Oh, Good. yeah. All the way to eighth grade. You cannot yeah. discuss it, period. That's not long enough, but yeah. No. All right, we'll keep going. But wait, it gets worse. Actually, it gets better. <laughs> yeah. No teacher, presenter, anybody that talks to the whole class can discuss their own sexuality or gender orientation. Great. All the way through 12th grade. Great. It's from schools entirely. Great. You cannot transition or... We don't want to groom your children. We don't want to influence them to be sexually divergent. And right. when we try to convince them to be influence them to be sexually divergent, and you point it out, you're a bigot. Right. Come out in school under this law. You shouldn't be coming out in school. I looking back through my eyes of an adult, I had a I had a science teacher. He was homosexual. There's no doubt about it. Never knew it. Right. Never knew it. Never knew. Never discussed it. Never knew it. I didn't. I wasn't even aware of his existence outside of school. And I loved that teacher dearly. Right. He was gay. So you learned from him things in the school setting that benefited your life. Yes. And you didn't need anything to change your identity or to influence you to change your identity. Nope. In other words, we're not saying annihilate these people. These are human beings for whom yep. Jesus died, and they can still. Uh, in a proper educational role, if they keep those things that are superfluous to education to themselves, 
they would claim this is necessary for education, I assume. And and he was, oh, they do claim it, yes. That's what and, they say. And, and he was a very good science teacher. And there was also another a female teacher. I'm 99% sure she was gay. Yep. Very good teacher. Yep. Never knew it. Yep. Not at all. Yep. Yeah, well, third grade teacher in our elementary school, everybody knew she was a lesbian, but we didn't know anything other than that. Didn't even really know for sure exactly what that meant. Did you know it at third grade, though? No. Yeah, it was exactly when I was, it was after third grade that we started, yeah. oh, yeah, and you start looking at the yearbook again. And, yeah. <laughs> it's obvious that we missed that. <laughs> I, think, I think what it was was the, in third grade, the one partner was in third, a third grade teacher and then the fifth grade. So by the time we got around to fifth grade, that's when we started oh, hearing yeah. some things. And that's so it kind of connected the dot somewhat prematurely, you know, like I probably wouldn't have. And I didn't really understand it then either, you know, but I yeah. just kind of like, okay, that means they like each other. Yep. Like a man and a woman are supposed to like each yep. other. That's about all I really knew. I'm with you. All right, let's keep going. The speed at which these states continue to enact anti-trans and anti-gay laws is alarming, to say the least. I hope that we can do something to stop it. Okay, they're mobilized. They're, right. uh, this is This is easy to find on the Internet. They are actively working. The trans community is actively working to convert your children. Yeah. Why? They can't have children of their own. So they have right. to have yours. Right. Like like the 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 the, the LGBTQ community is a zero is a zero outcome game, zero sum because they don't produce children. People who think abortion on demand and tax funded, they don't they can't the the population is going down. Go 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 to YouTube and search Chinese uh, population crisis. Um, a lot of these countries and the U.S. is fast approaching. We are not having enough children to uh, to replenish our population, and here's an interesting trend that this this younger generation is the most conservative that young generation that there's ever been, and it stands to reason. Why? Because only people with conservative values reproduce. So what what do the people who are progressive have to do? They have to go after their children. Right. The conservative people's children. The conservative people's children. So if we could stand against that, man, that would hopefully help to really reduce because they're not, they don't have any spawn. They don't have, or very little, if any. They have to have your They adopt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, good, good comments in the comment section, by the way. Yeah, with mental illness, these people shouldn't be allowed to teach. They, they really should. And, and when I say they shouldn't, a trans person who is a clearly a male that dresses as a female or vice versa, no, they shouldn't be allowed, in my opinion. Now, from a secular standpoint, I'm willing to have a conversation about how far you allow this to go. But from a religious standpoint, a moral standpoint, no. They should not. I'd like to hear a conversation about the difference between, again, from a religious perspective, we know both are, you know, we talked last week about LGBT and how the T is opposed. They are at odds with the L and the G. G. So I'd like to hear, yeah, I'd like to hear a conversation of, is there not a worser effect upon 
society? Or is there a worser effect upon society from the T perspective, even more so than the L and the G? Yes. Oh, like, me and you, like me and you knew teachers that were L and G in school, yes. you know, or knew of like, and some of them didn't know till later is the point too. We yeah. didn't know till later. Some of them we really didn't. Uh, but the T is different and it's very much different. Well, the reason the T is so bad, the transgender is so bad, is because it's a denial of basic reality. So it's either one right. or two things. It's a denial of basic reality and or a psychopic, a, 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 a psychopic um, identity. It's it's a you, you're um oh validating someone in their transgender identity would be the same as trans it's validating someone who has a schizoid disorder and thinks they're Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. yeah. So that's can. why it's so harmful. Yeah. Is because it's a it's a denial of basic reality. Right. Look, I believe wholeheartedly that there are people who are sexually attracted to members of the same sex that are born that way, that you cannot deny that. The science has proven that people are born with a certain set of proclivities. That's another thing we do in the Church of Christ. Well, you weren't born that way. Yeah, they were. That is proven that, 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 that in, the, in the uterus, your genetic coding is written, and although someone is not, there, there's no gay gene, that whenever your brain develops, it develops with a certain imprint and set of proclivities, and you can be born with an inherent desire that is sexually deviant, just like you can be born with a inherent desire that is societally or morally otherwise morally deviant, such as being a serial killer, being a thief. How, how does that happen? Do they know? Yes, it's it's uh, it's prenatal trauma. Whether experienced by the by the well, if it's if if it's, if it's experienced by the mother, it's experienced by the fetus. So they're saying that these are things that cause people to be inclined to do certain things, yeah. like it, like it could be a hormone like imbalance. serial killers, like yeah, it could be a hormone imbalance. It could be it, it could be the fact that you live in an environment where there's too much plastics in the water. Like all of that stuff affects all, and, it, and it's external, it's externalities. Yeah, but this but this argument about. Um, but this argument about when nobody's born gay, well, who cares whether or not they're born gay? You can make the same argument about nobody's born a serial killer. Well, okay, that's fine. But from a moral standpoint, you shouldn't be a serial killer and you shouldn't be a practicing homosexual. Yeah. But that's where the church has really done homosexuals wrong is homosexuality is the only sin of being like if you if you are if 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 your identity like like if you're if you're attracted to a member of the opposite sex and you're told that that in and of itself is sinful, how can you be a Christian? Because I'm, I can't change my attraction. I'm always being attracted to a member of the opposite sex is not seen as sinful. 
yet I can remain a eunuch for the kingdom as long as I don't have sex with the person I'm attracted to or as long as I don't act upon that attraction. It doesn't have to be sex, you know. Yeah. As long as I don't act upon that attraction, I can still be a member of the Lord's church in good standing. Yeah. But what we communicate is if you just have an attraction to a member of the same sex, yeah. Even if you act upon, even if you don't act upon it, that's sinful because it's a sin to be homosexual. Yeah. And it's no more a sin to be homosexual than it is a sin to be heterosexual. Yeah. How does this kind of? How would this? How? What about when it comes to the T? You know, I, I think I can see that pretty clearly with the L and the G, but the T is changing basic identity. T, so T, T is a denial. So of, that, that of is that reality. in of itself? Is that in of itself? That is a transgression of God's standard, right? Yeah. yeah the, the, Just yeah, the T. living as living as a T. Yeah, is a, an action that you take based on a desire that you have. Yeah, you know, sin. Uh, um, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. Can I be tempted with Sin, uh, uh, hold on, desire, lust, when it conceives, yep. it brings, brings forth, forth sin. sin. Yep. Well, what is, what, what, with what does the lust conceive? Have to be action. So I, the T, I, so if somebody the, truly believes they're a T, the Christian charge to them, the gospel charge to them is to not act upon that. Yeah. Right? Don't, do not deny basic biology. You've got yep. an XX chromosome. You're you're an adult human female. You must live as an adult human female. Yep. You must identify as an adult human female. Now you, uh, Jonathan Exum, I love you. You put a you put a comment in a section that says, "And men don't have a feminine side." I believe. Let me go make sure. Um, they do. Yeah, they do. Gen- so, masculinity and femininity are a spectrum. Yeah. You can have very, very feminine men and very, very masculine yeah. women, but they are still men and women. Yep. They are still men and women. Yeah, estrogen is a sex hormone found in both, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what it says on the internet. I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, estrogen is found in both males and females. Yeah. Testosterone is found in both males and females. Right. But but it, 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 is, it is a spectrum. So you're, you're going to have women who are a little more masculine, and you're going to have men that are a little bit more feminine. But if you say, because you're a little bit more feminine as a man, that I am a female, and you live as a female, then that is an action that you've taken based upon your desire. Then that, that progeny, then, is sin. That's right. And the only thing you're going to get is death and chaos. It goes back to the God's social contract. If if you do well, will it not be accepted of you? And if you do not well, then sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. You will enter into a copulative relationship, the progeny of which is death sin. and chaos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, death and chaos. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. There's some so good it, thoughts. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter how you're born. Right. The, people are, people That's really are irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. People are devo- de- people are born neurodivergent all the time. Yeah, what about people whose parents are dope addicts, alcohol addicts, etc.? Those it. children, you can make an argument. They're born an alcoholic. They're born Well, there's not an argument not, to be made. It's not the right word. Fact. They're they are 
What's the yeah. word you use? Proclivity. They're yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they have a proclivity. They're inclined to do this. Yes, but I mean, little little children can actually be. I mean, go go Google crack babies and little little babies that are born on that are born and their mothers are crack addicts. They're addicted to crack because they've had that same blood. Her, you know, her, she, they've been getting fed from her blood supply, right. and they 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 have to they have to survive the withdrawals yeah. of crack cocaine. I agree. So really, the whole born is not it, it's, something that's really important. I mean, no. I mean, I don't think the things that we're talking about do not equal or mean that they've been given a sinful soul. By right. God, and and that, that, that they're that's the point. We're not saying that. That's the point. To 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 deny a person and what they are. This is why the transgender is so bad. There are absolutely homosexuals that are that are hardwired that way. A a, a person who is homosexual, a person, a, a man who is attracted to a man. There's nothing you can do to change what turns him on sexually. All right? That he he has to be a eunuch for the kingdom. That's just all there is to it. Yeah, because he can't act on that. He, he cannot act on it. He There's never a scenario in which he can act on that. But aren't there scenarios where people who are a practicing homosexual that they change from that and then they become a practicing heterosexual sometimes ju- 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 there are but just sometimes because, i mean you can be married to a woman you're not sexually attracted to yeah like that that's another and, and and it may be the case that that's some of the most healthy relationships that are out there if if a if a young man uh understands the error of his ways yet he still wants to live a fulfilled life and he wants to have children you know, find a woman that you're friends with that you can live with and, and make a life with her. You don't have to be sexually attracted. And that's another thing. We, we think about, I mean, sexual attraction is in constant flux as well. You know, you, and again, I, I, I realize out of one side of my mouth, I just said you're not going to change your sexual attraction, attractiveness. Some, but, some don't. Yeah, no, some don't. But there are, there are uh, there are things that you can do to to find yourself more attracted to a person. I mean, like there there's men I'd re- I mean, there's just men that I do not want to hang out with at all. It has nothing to do with sexuality. Yeah. It's just like, man, you're you're I don't I don't like you. You're repulsive. You know. Yeah. You repulse me. Now I couldn't I couldn't picture myself making a life with one. But I've never had to either. Never, never been anything that's been on my mind. Well, if people can change that show, that indicates free will. If oh, they yeah. have the ability to change, then they they have free will. Yeah, and, and people do. But there and are some people who believe they're born homosexual, quote unquote, with yeah. those tendencies, and they don't change. Right. The main thing I would just say is like they can't say, "Well, God." Made me to be born that way, so it's okay if I practice this. Well, that, that, that's the argument, yeah, and that, that's why that's they can't why, say that. That's why that's why people in Christendom argue so much against the fact that people are born gay. Like, no, you can't argue that people are 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 not born gay 
because you don't understand what you're affirming by what you're saying. Yeah. You're affirming that in whatever way I am born, that's the way I have to live. Right. So you can't be born gay. No, you can be born gay, and you can choose not to act upon that, just like you can be born someone who has a proclivity for uh, um, antisocial behavior. Yeah. And by antisocial, I mean murder, rape, theft. Yeah. Drugs, like you said, too. Drugs. Crack babies. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. And... Uh, Jonathan put a repent equals change the mind. Yeah. You, you can, if you're a homosexual, you can repent and change your mind about your homosexuality. That doesn't mean you're going to change your biology. If your brain for the last 30 years has been wired to be sexually attracted to masculinity, you're not going to change. You might be able to change that after years of work. You're not going to change it overnight. You're going to be baptized into Christ. You're going to come out of, up out of the water. You're still going to be a homosexual man. You're still going to be tempted to to act on with other men. Yeah. yeah. You're still going to be a homosexual man. Yeah, like getting baptized, same way for a heterosexual. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, exactly. that just changes them all of a sudden. Oh, now I'm baptized. As a man, now I'm no longer sexually attracted to women. That's it. What? The Bible but, doesn't teach that. But the, but the T part denies a, that. The T part says... If you have XX chromosomes and you're a little masculine, that you are a man. And if you have XY chromosomes, but you're a little feminine, you are a woman. Which is wrong, wrong, wrong. And and if you act on that, that is that is sin by definition of James chapter one. I love the beauty of the of the little girl that's a little more masculine like. She wants to be what we used to call a tomboy, tomboy. but she knows she's a woman. She's no, happy she's a as a woman. Mm-hmm. She 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 has the body parts of a woman. She still has. And here's what I have found in my little bit of experience. Even those females still have feminine things about them. Oh, <laughs> it's bet. not like, oh, well, I wear, you know, I, I like to wear um, guy shorts. I like to wear overalls like a guy. I like fishing and hunting and all these different things. You're like, whoa, a lot of masculine stuff. There are still things about them, not only biologically, but I mean like in their mind, like their activities and the way they act out. There's still a woman. There are still feminine things about them. I know certain – I want to be careful, but I just generally – I know certain females (laughs) that to me they look kind of mannish. They look a little masculine-like, butch-like, but they are not – they do not have homosexual desires. They are not acting on anything like that. And they they see they know they're a woman and they're happy as a woman. They're I've never seen them as a man. That's it. That was sister so and so. That was yeah. aunt so and so, cousin so and so. You know, it's a woman. They know they are. There's there's no there's no fundamental denying that. There's still, you know. I'm about to have a second girl here, you know, and yeah. Cheyenne wanted to go fishing yesterday on my so-called off day. Yep. That girls can fish. That doesn't, yep. that doesn't mean she needs to start being a boy for heaven's sakes. No. And how that just bad makes me is sick. it whenever children are exploring the idea of identity How bad is it to throw a model 
of confusion in front of them to emulate because yep. children emulate the people in their surroundings. Yep. So you're going to get you're going to have a guy with a with a with a a, a goozle the size of a golf ball, broad shoulders, dressed up in a dress and high heels. Yep. Confusing. Yeah, I can name you some people. <laughs> I can name you people like famous people that to me it looks like a man dressed like a woman. Oh yeah. I'm with you. Well, we've gone over time about 20 minutes, man, and uh partly because yep. of that first video. I enjoyed the discussion with that yeah. first video. Yeah, it probably too. needed to be by itself. I don't know. Yeah, 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 at 11, yeah, at about 10:58 I was wondering if I should say, "Hey, you want to but I thought, well, yeah. Keep anyway. going because we started a few minutes late, but now we start. <laughs> yeah, I have, man, I'm, I'm going to have. I think I'm going to have to invest in another computer. Yeah, this one just I'm pushing it too much. Yeah, I had to reboot and fire all this stuff up, and it just put me behind. Yeah. Anywho, so well, you, this is. So if you'd like to donate to that, yeah, send him some money. Ain't that the truth? Because I don't have enough money to buy one. Yeah. And I certainly won't be getting another Apple computer because you, you you can't afford to get a big enough Apple computer to do all this. So I'm going to have to get a Linux or Lenovo uh, or an Acer or something like that with you know maybe 32 gigabytes of RAM and and a and a eh, I don't need a terabyte of hard drive. I could do 500 gigabytes. A terabyte would be nice, but some 32 or 64 bits of RAM and a real fast processor and and that way that I, I that that computer would last me for years before yeah. I had to replace so it. So Apple doesn't have anything like that. Oh, Apple does have something like that. Oh, okay. You'll it's be just way too thirty five hundred yeah. four thousand dollars. Yeah, it's just way too high. Like this computer I've got right now was is a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's not that old. It's just not designed to do with it what I do with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hear you. Anywho. Well, good discussion today. Good discussions. Uh, remember, if you like what we do, uh, go to www.locals.com and uh, digitalbiblestudy.locals.com. Uh, we've been silent on that for a while. Um, we're going to re-up that uh, eventually. Um, if you want to send, as Aaron said, if you want to send me money directly, uh, in the show notes on the podcast, there is my PayPal. If you if you think you want to donate to help me get a computer, uh, send send it to me, and I'll I'll just keep that money put back until I can get me a computer. Um, but other than that, uh, look at the show notes. You can support us that way, and we really appreciate you, Aaron. You got anything you want to end with? No, I'm gonna stay quiet. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Well, I enjoyed it as well. God bless y'all. This has been Tony Burr and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now. Thank you so much for the comments. Thank you so much for the likes and the shares. And uh, we're glad to be on the 2 by 2 Podcast Facebook page. Be sure and follow that. And we'll catch you on the flip side.